I want to give you a passage today. Quite contradictory to the power of the Lord that has been moving so far. When I give you my title, you might think I'm crazy because Michelle did. (laughs) It might be the first in the history of sermon titles. But I'm going to get there in a minute. First, I want to give you the passage. Job chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. It says, can flavorless food be eaten without salt? How many like salt on their food? Table salt. Um, What's the other show? Sea salt. There's like so many kinds of salt. Can flavorless food, I feel like my dad wrote this passage. Can flavorless food be eaten without salt? I can already see his face. Is there any taste in the white of an egg? My dad's like, I need the yellow. Dad, I'm making a joke. You don't even, that's right. My soul refuses to touch them without my salt. They are loathsome food to me. Disgusting. Why eat it if you can't salt it? It needs salt. It needs salt. Can flavorless food be eaten without salt? So when we talk about salt, Mike, I know it comes to mind because I'm the same as you and Nate. You probably know it comes to mind, and that's barbecue. Come on. When you think of barbecue, real barbecue, guess what's the secret ingredient? Salt. And so, so, so is, Mike, is Mike in here? Where's Mike? Mike, Mike if, you go to, if you go to Google and Google Mike Sebastian. Oh, I shouldn't have said your name. If you Google Mike S, Wikipedia will come up. And it'll say, love Jesus, loves his family, and loves barbecue. Am I wrong? I mean, the man's got a wiki about himself. That's some deep love for some barbecue. So anyway, so Mike probably knows this, and I know this because I've been into cooking some pulled pork here and there. And everybody knows that a good barbecue is a pork butt. Okay? Now let me clarify something. Before you judge me for saying butt at church, a pork butt is a pork shoulder. Okay? It's not what you think. Don't judge a book by its... Well, they didn't have that many people, and I don't know if Corona scared them. Well, they don't have enough for my kids. Oh, they don't have... Don't judge a pork butt by what you think it is when it's actually a pork shoulder. Can I get an amen on that? That's how God does something, too. Don't judge a situation by how it looks on the cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. God is doing things in the little moments that escalate one seed into many. So anyway, back to the barbecue story. So, So a pork... Shoulder is called a pork butt. Why? Because back in the day, I wasn't there, but this is what I I learned a few years ago. They called them Boston baked butts because they would cook them in the big old barrels. That guess what else they throw in those things? Cigarette butts. So they called them Boston butts, and so it became a thing. So when you when you when you get invited over pork butt, no, it's the pork shoulder, Nolani. Okay, it's good. It's really good. But the problem with pork, if you want to do it right, you don't need twenty things. You need one thing. Just watch a little food, food network. You need salt. Salt. And the worst thing on the planet is pork, shoulder, or brisket, or anything without any salt. Now, I have a few different rubs I like to use, um, and, and, and salt is usually not the only thing I use. But if you just had to use salt, it would still be really good. And if you didn't have any salt, it'd be bland, not good, not effective, and you'd no longer be invited over to bring your pork to whoever you're bringing it to free because they didn't put salt on it. So it's actually osmosis. It's the salt. You guys know what salt does? It's pretty powerful. It preserves and it draws out the goodness. It draws out the goodness of the water in the meat so the meat can keep. See, in order to preserve it, you got to draw it out. That seems backwards. 
Doesn't it sound backwards that if I give everything, like my two mites, if I give to my church, I'm not just saying it's for church, but if I give everything that I have, that God's got to actually overabundantly bless me? So if I draw out what is good, how can I preserve? How can I hold? That's because we got it backwards, Vincent. In order to preserve, we have to give it away. Everything we do. That's why our walk with God is to give away. We are the salt of the earth. Culturally, when something is salty, though, it's not the same connotation. It's not good. It's too strong. It's too pucker face, bitter. It's nothing worse than an oversalted piece of anything. It's not good. It's not good in standing with his company. We have a term in culture, we call it being salty. Anybody know somebody who's good at being salty? <laughs> Me and Bobby were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> Salty's not always good because sometimes when you got too much, it's too much. And salt is relative according to its proportion. We need salt. Don't get me wrong. We need salt. But when you have too much of something, it can be bad. And it was meant to preserve the goodness that is to come from us. The scripture says, can flavorless food be eaten without, egg, uh, without, be eaten without salt? Good food needs salt. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm paraphrasing, but if you eat and drink of my body, you shall have eternal life in heaven. But it's got to have salt. To be good. See, God called you to season with your life gracefully. God called you to be salt gracefully. The key word there is gracefully. If you don't want to be salty, you got to deliver salt with gracefulness. Are you salty this morning? Anybody in the building salty? Did they come? It's okay. You can come in salty. That's why we come, we come to churches to dissolve the salt. Thank you, Allison. When we come into church salty, anybody come into church salty sometime? Me and my wife used to get in the biggest fights when we were younger and first got married on the way and to and from church. Why is that, devil? Because he don't like it. So we come into church salty, and then we don't want to praise. And then we don't want to open up our hearts to the Lord when the Spirit is moving because we're salty. We're mad. Or maybe you're not salty. Maybe you're stale. Maybe you've lost all this flavor. Well, nothing really matters. Yeah, God is good. God is good. God is good. Now here, I'm the salt of the I'm the salt of the world. That food that has no salt has lost its flavor. I'm the salt. Maybe you're just like that. Maybe nothing matters. Nothing matters. Why? Why do it? Why do anything? Maybe you don't have any salt. Maybe you're not. Well, you have some salt, but maybe you're not doing anything with it. Or maybe it's gone stale. So it's about the balance. And God called you to season as a salt of the world, gracefully. So let's talk about salty people. Salty people are bitter. They're bitter. We talk, we, they're, they're bitter. We talked about salty people kind of last week. You know, the one that sucked the life right out of you, and they're so over the top salty that they just leave you going, ah, get me out of here. They just wrecked my day with their saltiness. It's too much for me to handle. It's too much to handle. And to their defense, saltiness, over being salty didn't start. Anybody seen uh, Home Alone 2? Does anybody remember Central Park in the, in the, 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 the homeless lady? She was kind of salty, if I remember. I mean, I haven't watched it since I was like 10, even though Michelle watches Home Alone like every three months in preparation for Hallmark Christmas and Christmas reruns. Gag me now. Well, you know. So, so the woman was salty. 
And over time, little Kevin got through to her heart. So just like that, the people we know that are salty, often they're just layers and layers of hardened salt over their life and their heart and their body and their, 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 their garden, just like, remember Sodom and Gomorrah, just like, just like Lot, like it got saturated and covered with so much salt that it's dormant, buried, and so they have nothing to give. It's like lifeless, barren, Job says in his passage about his life, that he's, he feels like barren in his nakedness, you know, like that's, that's the kind of saltiness that happens, but it happens in layers. You don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to become totally salty and ruthless to everyone I speak to. It happens in layers, in decisions, in outcomes. Nothing is good when you become salty. And the taste is so strong, it's beyond what it was intended to be. Harsh is another word when I think of saltiness. It's harsh. Bitterness is harsh. And when you meet a salty person, what are they? Are they graceful? Come on. Anybody? When you think of a salty person, do you think of graceful? They're harsh because they're salty. They're salty. They're not graceful. They're not moderate. They're over the top. And letting situations regulate my flavor will often create too strong a flavor in the people I touch with my salt. I made this bacon one time. Anybody ever made bacon? Not, not cooked it like out of the package, but actually made bacon. Come on, somebody. Nate, I know you're killing some hogs and doing something with them. So, so you get the pork belly. Mike, if you haven't done this, get some pork belly, get you a nice cure. I think it's like water. I think it's sugar, salt is basically what a cure is or something. But I bought it on Amazon, of course, so I didn't really look at the ingredients. Sugar or salt. And what you do is you, you, you cure the pork belly. And guess what happens in like 10 days? The moisture in the bag starts drawing from the pork. And then when you cut into that thing, guess what it tastes like? Bacon. It tastes like bacon. So this one time I was making bacon on the yoder and, 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 uh, and I wasn't paying attention. And I think I got like a grease fire, Mike. And, and the bacon went up in flames and the, the, the company still came over for the bacon. And normally a homemade bacon is a really light salt flavor. It's not near as potent as a store-bought. But this time it was so bad. So bad. And the company that came over, I remember them saying, oh, it just can't be that bad. I mean, it's bacon. You know, you know everybody loves bacon, even on donuts weird so so he, he takes a bite and he goes Woo, okay maybe not like tried to warn you it was too salty it was too much of a good thing you can have too much of a good thing you think justin bieber got in all his trouble because he didn't have enough he had too much of a good thing you think uh little um Gary Coleman, oh, now I'm going way back. Different strokes, Nate. I know you're down with different strokes because I was too. And we're like brothers from another mother. And so, so like Gary Coleman's life became a wreck because he had too much at a good thing at an early age. It was too much. So just like salt is meant to be a blessing to someone, you can destroy a garden with it. You can destroy that bacon. I was so mad. It took like six hours, Mike, and it was ruined. Trash. I threw it in the trash. So that's salty people. What about the other type of people that have the salt, but they're not using it? You know what happens to spices when you don't use them? They go stale. They get like flavorless. You know, like you got those spices in the cabinet that you've had sitting open forever, and then you dump them all over the food, and you're like, and again, my dad, he's just a salt man. He's like, it's just not enough. Shake, shake, there goes the whole bottle. You're going to have some food with that salt? It's because the salt is stale, Okay. It's because it's been sitting out in the air, getting too much of the world for too long. 
And after a while, it becomes ineffective, impotent, does no longer do the job. There's nothing better than taking some fry, like fresh peppercorns, grind them in your coffee grinder, and just be careful. Take a light whiff over that coffee grinder. It will, whoo, it's so good. You know why? Because the oils are in it. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's a fresh salt God called to put in us. It's supposed to stay fresh. And the, pl- the supply is plenty. But we got to use the salt or to go stale. So there's, there's, that, there's that issue. And that's when, like, we have a good intent, but the application is wrong. We think doing nothing is doing something, and really doing nothing is doing nothing. That's the way it works. If you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't fall from the sky. If you want to go to school and get a nice degree, what do you do? You go to school, and you learn something. And if you don't learn something, you can't get the degree, which is going to help you get the job, help you get the job, make more cash money, you know, all the things. It's just not going to fall into your lap by itself. It's the same with God. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And unless you seek and take action, that's why we constantly say it, you step, I step, is because it will not fall on you. God will give you a doorway, and you are called to walk through it. And in the process, if someone sprinkles some salt on you, you start sprinkling your salt on somebody else. But what happens when we've been in church so long and we got so used to the good things God has blessed us with every week, we become stale with our salt. Well, and I don't even think it matters if anybody uses It's like, I don't think I should vote. I don't think it matters. Nothing matters. It does matter. It does matter. It matters. Vote, people. Hopefully don't mail those things. Because <laughs> then it may, it may not matter if we, well, I don't want to go there. That's political. But you know what I'm saying. So it does matter what you invest in your godly walk. And if you don't invest, you can't expect to get anything out of it. If you really want change, well, you got to change some things. And that's not fun, but it's necessary. I preach that all the time because I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it. I preach it to Chloe. I mean, give it up for Chloe. She's 10. You know, she's learning, but she's trying, and now she's getting me together. And I'm like, don't get me together at church. You make me look bad. Well, Dad, what do you mean, Dad? Oh, yeah, I'm your dad first. She was getting me together on that little mixer over there. I showed her how to use it, and then she's telling me, like, how to fix it. And we got a lot of adults still don't know how to use that thing, Larry, and she's already getting me together. I'm like, girl, you better watch yourself. <laughs> Just kidding, Chloe. She, I don't think she's in here. Anyway, your salt can go stale. See, grace is what's missing in your salt. When it goes stale, you don't have any grace, you lose the flavor. Grace is the flavor to your salt. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 13. It says, you, let's, 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 let's read it together. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? It's no good. Make it some fertilizer or something for your soil because it's no longer good. You are the salt. Am I, look at yourself say, am I the salt? Am I using my salt? Am I really using my salt? I'm not saying dump it out and become salty and just dump it all out on the floor on somebody when they first walk into church. I'm saying, though, am I using my salt in my walk every day? It matters. And am I doing it with grace? It matters because grace is the flavor in my salt. I've been a Christian for so long, you can't tell me nothing. Oh, Vincent, I know you're feeling that one. (laughs) You can be a Christian for so long, you can't tell anybody, you, you can't receive nothing. Because you're so good, but you're actually missing revelation. Because God never stops giving increase to those who seek him. It doesn't stop when you're 35 and been in church five years and learned X, Y, Z. 
It's not, a, it's not an earthly understanding. It's a spiritual revelation. It's called sanctification, and it keeps happening, and it's meant to keep happening until you leave this earth and enter eternity with him. So that's what happens when your, your salt goes stale. It's not that you didn't have the salt. It's that it went stale. But we've been called as God's people to season gracefully, to season gracefully. And I can pour out God's word all over you, but if it's not seasoned, it won't preserve what it was meant to preserve. Sometimes we used to have feelings. We used to have feelings of pain. We used to feel suffering, resentment, and I used to care like them. But eventually, I got numb. We talked about it last week. I got numb, and so went myself to be stale. Over time, people have worn out the freshness of hope. I'll tell you what, five months in the corona season will do to you. It'll make you feel a little bit lost in life. Whoever thought that being at home all the time, even though we, we are typically always at home, but, but the, the culture, being at home, who, who knew that that would depress us as a culture so badly? We start losing the freshness of what we have. We still have it. The salt didn't go anywhere, guys. Come on, somebody. The salt didn't go anywhere. Just because the church was shut down, we were still praising the Lord. Just because we couldn't go to, you know, wherever, we still had access to God via the throne on our knees through prayer. The salt never went anywhere. But we quit using it. We quit using it. Well, it's going to be a while. Let's quit using it. You don't need to save your salt, okay? God gave you the salt. His supply is indefinite. It doesn't run dry. You don't need to hold on to your salt. I'll get to my salting tomorrow. No, the way tomorrow gets to us and gets to the world is by salting today. The salting matters. Touch your neighbor, tell them, don't save your salt. Don't save it or it'll go stale. It will go stale. But the good news is, if your salt has gone stale today, you can replenish it. Well, how do I do that? Do I go to Sam's and buy a big thing of salt? Or go to no, not that kind of salt. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. How do I get my flavor back into my salt? Let my speech be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you are to speak according to the Bible. So what he's saying there, what Paul's saying there is, if I don't speak in grace, I am not speaking of the Bible. I'm not speaking of the light that God put in me. And I'm not talking about emotion. When you get mad, Jesus got mad. But once we catch it, we go back to grace. So we re replenish the salt because it can go stale in our walk. And we have to constantly, it's just like the garden, we have to constantly till the weeds. The garden isn't a one and done and is, is perfect forever. The garden takes maintenance. And your salt takes maintenance through prayer, community, reading, studying, and all things. Do it in the name of the Lord. Giving, giving thanks, being thankful. The grace that you've received is the flavor to the salt you're trying to give someone else. You may not know it, but someone salted you with their salt. We all been salted. Not assaulted, Nate. Salted. We've all been touched by God's salt. 
That's why we're able to give away God's salt. Until you receive it, you can't give it away. Jesus said, go, go and wait for a sign. You don't need a manuscript because what I got you to give, you got you to gotta have and you haven't received it yet. That's what he told the apostles. So you need the salt. And the salt comes from God. And the good news is you can replenish your salt. If I speak God's word, I can reverse my stale salt. If I speak God's word, I can reverse the ailment they say that I'm sick with. If I speak God's word, I can reverse the curse through the osmosis of the living water of Jesus Christ. I can reverse it and bring the flavor back to my salt. Come on, somebody. If it's touching you, let me know. We got to exalt his name. And remember, the power is in the flavor of the salt. It's in the flavor. You can replenish it. I can replenish it by changing my outcome with my actions. I can replace what I said with how I live. I know I said it stupid, and I really shouldn't have done it, and I'm sorry about that, so now I'm going to change how I act because of it. My salt is getting strong again. My salt is starting to have flavor. If I can choose God's will over my own, I'll start preserving what he put inside of me. It's osmosis of the living water. Think about it like this, guys. When you let out the living water that's been put in you, you're preserving your soul and your spirit. You're preserving what God put in you. But if you don't let it out, just like salt draws water out of the meat to hold the meat intact, else it goes to the spoil, you can't preserve yourself. You've got to give away the salt to preserve what God put inside you. That's good. You can write it down. You've got to give away the salt to preserve what God put inside of you. My last scripture today that I want to give you on this is Mark chapter 9, verse 49 through 50. And I'm giving you all these scriptures so you see a pattern here is consistent. Verse 49, for everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. All the sacrifices of the Old Testament had to have some salt. Salt is good, he says, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season with it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. He's saying if you want to have salt, you got to have peace. And if you want to have peace, you got to use your salt. They work together. If y'all could stand with me this morning. Jesus' spirit is the salt that is to flow through us onto the world. And until people taste of who he is, they could be missing out on eternity. And if you want to preserve you and your love and your joy and remember where it came from, go back to the salt and look at your salt supply. See, what have I been doing with my salt? Okay, my salt tastes a little weird. I want it to be stronger. Okay, I'm going to worship. I'm going to turn on some worship music in the car. Okay, I'm going to pray a little more. I'm going to draw closer, closer to God to where I reach the, the, the supply that's fresher. And now the fresh supply is again at my reach because it never really left me. But my perception said that my salt was out of reach that was going to do any good. So I might not bother. I don't need to go anywhere, do anything with my life. I'll just live in fear the rest of my life. And Jesus says, I got a lot of salt for you to give. I need you to give it. I desire that you give it. We are called to stand out from the crowd with a heavenly potency. And there's no age limit on this. Just because you're five years old, that's the greatest age to touch people with some salt. Just because you're a senior doesn't mean, you know, because you're not, maybe you're not driving or maybe you don't work anymore or maybe you don't see people like you used to. It doesn't matter because if you have access to a human being, you have an ability to season them with some Jesus salt.
That's our mission. We are called to stand out with heavenly potency. And when people get a hold of this sacrifice, this barbecue mic, heavens open. Angels shout for praises. But remember with your soul, it's in moderation. It's lightly, consistently, and you'll see something that was bland and dry turn out moist and ready and succulent and good, and you'll see change in the garden. I'll never forget it. I always make this joke because, well, it's it's because when I do, I I make fun of old church people back in the day. And um, and one time, time, anybody remember these things? They called them landlines. It's kind of funny. Before a landline, it's because they had smartphones, right? Or they had cell phones. So then they renamed phones landlines. So if I, if I went to church gym and I didn't really want them to bother me, I'd give them the landline because that's the one I never listened to anyway. They could just leave the voicemails, right? I don't want to give them my whatever, my pager or my cell phone at the time. And uh, so I remember I went to this church once in Tennessee and I gave, them, I gave them, I guess they had a connection card or really it was just this woman stalking me for my phone number. And I said, if I ever plan a church, I will never stalk people like that. Did you guys put your connection cards in, by the way? Anyway, we already got all your numbers, so we're good. So, 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 so she says, she says, can we, you know, can we get your information? Blah 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 blah. blah. And she was like my age. I think she, I think she maybe had a crush on me. Looking back twenty years, I think it wasn't that she was crazy. I think she was like trying to get my digits. But I, I didn't know that in the moment, Michelle. Sorry about that. It was a long time ago. Trust me, it was, it was a good thing. It never worked out. So, so I got home and I, did, I missed church for a couple weeks, Dawn. And I get this voicemail. Well, Jeff, um, we saw you weren't at church today. I mean, just like that. Well, um, we saw you weren't at church. I'm telling me, yeah, I wasn't at church. What you got to do about it, church lady? And I've been in church my whole life, and it still bugs me when you do this. So if it bugs me, what's it going to do to somebody who's never seen Jesus at all? It's going to make them never come back. Anyway, so that's part of my, my vision in this church is to not do that to people. So, so anyway, so, so, so then a couple more weeks go by, Matt, and, and guess what? And guess what? I get another voicemail, Don. It's, it's, oh, Jeff. Saw you weren't at church again today. Now, at this point, you know, the little bit of a Sicilian I got in me was getting pretty riled up. And I'm thinking, I'm going to chuck this phone if she calls me again. In the name of the Lord. Now, I wasn't really serving back then, so I was a little more, you know, you know. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, she had some good salt to offer. Okay? She had some good salt, but she applied it so heavenly that you leave going, dear God, Lord Jesus in heaven, never salt me again. Because she's crazy. I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't like people calling me is what I meant, Lord. And so, so, so moderation matters. Look at your neighbor and tell them moderation matters. It's got to be consistent, but moderate. A little bit goes a long way, you know. A little bit goes a long way when it's fresh. You don't need to dump the whole jar on the people. So just trust me in that. I learned from experience because I've been salted my whole life. It's not been good. And so I became salty, but now I'm trying to become fresh again as a pastor of the church. We were meant to draw out the power of God as salted vessels. Let's pray. If y'all could bow your heads with me right now, we're going to close out today, September 13th, amidst the rebirth of 1C Church 3.0 in the presence of coronavirus. We don't care because we've got the Lord by our side and nothing's going to stop us. No weird infirmity that Google said is no good. It's going to stop me from praising my God and knowing that he is a healer 
and a miracle worker and that if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, he can touch my neck and he can touch my sickness and he can touch my lungs and he can take the fluid out of my lungs and he can touch my business and he can touch my finances and he can touch my marriage and he can touch this church and he can touch this community and he can touch anything he wants because he is a way maker and a miracle worker. So God, we shout for joy today. We give you all the praise today because no matter what the world says, we know you for who you are and you are worthy to be praised. And if the house of God can say right now, in Jesus' name, amen.